0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Wednesday, November the 17th, 2021. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss a very exciting 11-game NBA DFS slate tonight. We've got all the main sites uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern lock. so we'll be providing our clipboard for DraftKings, full lineups for Fandu and Yahoo!, and uh, get to really sweat out that last hour before lock and get all of our plays set. it uh, Should be a fantastic slate, a lot of competitive games, some interesting teams on first uh, nights of back-to-backs, one team on a second night. So a lot of moving parts, definitely not, uh, the NBA DFS is not for the weak of heart. You've gotta be ready to dig in, follow the news throughout the day, Uh, just lineups as the night goes on including lock and then for the late games I mean with the all of the injuries and then all the uh, the uh, disc the protocols for COVID it's become crazy as far as all the movement going on but I love it I think it's an advantage a couple of nights ago we had a similar situation to this 11 game slate lots of questionable players and it really does play out to our favor so We would love to have you join us, dfscoachtalk.com. Just jump in with us. We'll follow everything in Discord, do all that hard work for you, and get you ready for uh, just absolutely crushing it in NBA. Um, Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, quick thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a quick comment. Love the podcast. If you have a question, whatever it is, we'd love feedback. That really helps us with the algorithm moving up. Uh, the moving up the slate at um, YouTube, so we're looking forward to that. and We appreciate that. All right, we're not going to uh, drag our feet here. We got to get into this, and we're going to just fire through these eleven games. We're going to give you all the information from a statistical analysis, uh, from you know us watching these games and checking them out, taking notes, looking at uh, player body language, coach tendencies, all the things that go into giving you just that slight edge over anybody else uh, you know, on the DFS slate. And it's competitive out there uh, in the NBA, so you need every advantage you can get. And we are going to give you those. So let's hit this. 11 games, no messing around. We are going at it. First game of the night, Indiana Pacers, Detroit Pistons, 7 o'clock game, Indiana minus 6.5. It's a two eleven uh, total. implied for Indiana, 102.25 for Detroit. Um, The game set on this one, we've got Indiana 6 and 9, Detroit 3 and 11. Injuries, Duarte questionable, which is an important piece. And then Jackson and Warren remain out for Detroit. uh, The infamous Mr. Livers here is probable. And Kelly Olinnick we know, will be out uh, for a while. As far as the statistical breakdown here, we've got uh, both teams on an island game, so no worries about that piece of it. Pace of play, average, uh, Indiana 17, Detroit 11. Offensive efficiency, not too great on either side here. 17th, Indiana, 28th, Detroit. Defense isn't great either. Neither one of these teams have really gotten it done this season. Defensively, uh, they're 16th for Indiana, 24th for Detroit. So certainly not a great game to uh, start off the slate here. Pretty low total, a couple of inefficient teams, but they are on an island game. So let's look at a couple of prices here for Indiana. Brogdon at 8-4. If he's going to play full minutes, Is worth consideration. Detroit's back Backcourt is not defended well at all. Uh, We have to figure out if Duarte is going to play or not, because that shuffles a bit for guys like Justin Holliday, somebody to keep an eye on. Um, Karis LaVert at 6'9", is fair. If he gets a full allotment of minutes, the last two games, he was on a bit of a minutes restriction. So if we see that that cap is lifted and he's going to go full tilt here, uh, and this game can stay close enough, I think Lavert could be a great play. It's a sub seven pricing. Sabonis so at nine two hasn't exactly blown the top uh, off the arena lately. Uh, nine two is a lot. You know, the question is is he going to get enough minutes, usage, in and in a game that we have to see if it's, if it's going to stay close or not? So, not my favorite payup. And then after that, you know, Turner at six eight, his price has gone up. He's had some. Where he's been effective. After that, you know, just a lot of guys coming off the bench, uh, the TJ McConnells and such, that on an 11 game slate are, are pretty much unplayable. And Stewart, 6-3, 7-1, and 5-2, you know, I guess if you really want to dig and you think Detroit's going to stay in this game, but no interest for me. This game uh, probably may have a one-off with either LaVert or Brogdon on the Indiana side, but nothing from the Detroit side uh, for me. All right, we go to game two, also a 7 o'clock game. It is uh, the Washington Wizards at the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets are favored by two and a half. It's a 2.15 over under. Implied total for Washington, 106.25. For Charlotte, 108.75. So record-wise, Washington an incredible 10 and 3, and they're doing it without some key guys, Hashimura, Bryant, Bertans. I mean, they're just winning. And uh, hats off to those guys, man. They are getting it done. Wes Unsell Jr. I believe is the coach there. Fantastic job. Uh, uh, Charlotte is 8-7 and seven as far as the injuries. I already said uh, Bertans, Brian, and Hoshmore remain out. Uh, Gordon Hayward is listed but probable. And P.J. Washington is out. So that does affect uh, their rotation a bit. Um, as far as the statistical breakdown here, we do have Washington on the first night of a back-to-back. So that could affect. Some of the veterans, like maybe a Dinwiddie, you know, who's coming back from a full season off from an injury. Uh, That's a bit of a concern. Beal, who's expected to play but has been out a few games. Don't know if he'll get completely extended here. So this this is a a tough game to figure as far as uh, pure minutes on a first night of a back-to-back for the Wizards. Uh, Pace of play, Washington 21, Charlotte 2. So huge pace up game for Washington. That is a plus for the Dinwiddies, Bills, Kuzma's, those guys, Harrell. Um, As far as offensive efficiency, right in the middle of the pack, these two teams are 14 and 13. Defensively, Washington's sixth in the league. They were 27th last year. So kudos to them, man. Full new team, and they are defending. And if it – you don't think defense win games, then, you know, take a look at this 10 and three record uh, with this lineup, and it'll tell you that defense still matters uh, in the NBA. Charlotte is 26th. However, that was not expected. They were supposed to fit tighter on D. They have missed Brogier a bunch of the year, and he is their best perimeter defender. And uh, Miles Brid- Bridges has been great defensively, leading the For a guy, generally, it's going to get those monster 36 to 38 minutes. He's coming off the bench still for Gafford. And, uh, you know, I, I do think that that uh, you can consider Kuzmer or Harrell in this spot. A lot of guys getting minutes off the bench. Neto, Avdia, Holiday, Kispert, just no interest there. On the Charlotte side, LaMelo Ball. How about 10-7 for LaMelo Ball? I mean, that is amazing. Big price. Um, yeah, great spot here, but it is a, a pace down against a better defensive team. I can't pay 10-7 for Lamello as much as I think he's a stud. Uh, Rozier at 6-3 is definitely a much better, uh, much value play, better value. But is he going to get the big minutes? He hasn't quite found his groove after coming back from injury. So risky, uh, nice GPP play, though. Hayward at 7 3, Miles Bridges at 8 1, both deserve uh, interest in my book. I think they're both uh, playable commodities in this matchup. So, going to consider them. Um, After that, Ubre off the bench at 4 6. Huge. I mean, there's ever been the letters GPP that stand for a guy. It's Ubre. I mean, he can get, you know, 30 real points or two real points. So, GPP only at that 4 6 price. Okay, next game, we're shifting already to 7.30, so we got a nice spread of times, no lapses like yesterday when we had to wait for two hours for the next game. We've got the Boston Celtics at the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Atlanta's favored by 4.5. The total is 2.14, implied for Boston 104.75, and for Atlanta, 109.25. Boston's record is seven and seven. Atlanta six and nine. Injuries for um, the Celtics: Williams is a very important one; he's questionable, so we need that news. Thomas questionable, Brown out. And then, as far as Atlanta, Bogdanovich and Herter both questionable, so that changes the rotation majorly. And Hunter's already ruled out, and Okongu's out. So we've got. Those injuries are going to make a huge difference in this game. And once we get that news, we we could get some serious uh, value here. But we've got to get the news first because it makes people unplayable as as compared to uh, great value plays. All right, statistically, let's take a look at this. We've got Boston 25th in pace, Atlanta 13th. So not fantastic uh, from the, the DFS possession standpoint. Boston's 21st on offensive efficiency, Atlanta sixth. So Atlanta scoring the ball, their problem is defensively, they're rated 28th. That's why they've been getting smoked. So that helps the Boston cause. Boston is 10th in defensive efficiency. So that is an interesting one. (coughs) Got to keep the coffee going, like in the veins going here this morning. All right, from um, let's look at these rotations now that we have the statistical breakdown. Schroeder's been really dominating some play during key times, taking big shots. He's shots. He's only six five. He gets Trey Young defense. He's in play for me today. Smart still cheap at five three. I think he'll be you know busy guarding Young most of the time, but he can sneak in at that good value price. He was a lot more expensive most of the season last year. Tatum at 10-2, you know, what can we say? I mean, he might be one of the better payup uh, options here. Still, all the usage is going to go through him. Uh, he's going to handle the ball. He's going to be a difference maker. You know, they'll try a few different defenders on him, but I think it's a good matchup for him. He's in serious consideration for me. Um, after that, you know, we need to know if Robert Williams is going to play or not. If Williams doesn't play, it does make Horford reasonable at that mid-level 7-5. I think that's worth a consideration. Um, after that, no no interest in the bench at Boston. On the Atlanta side, again, once we get that news, you know, because if Herder's out, uh, that definitely uh, elevates Bogdanovich and uh, also elevates Cam Reddish. So those two guys um, – You know, very possibly could be in play at super cheap prices, 5K and 3.4. The other guy that would be a great play is Danilo Gallinari at 3.5. So if those other two guys are out, I think you can really consider him. Not probably going to go the Trey Young route because of the smart defense. Collins Capella. You know, possibility, if if Williams doesn't play and they're a little small inside, Boston is, you know, if they're trying to play Grant Williams and these short guys at center, I mean, you could get a dominant game from either one of them, Collins and Capella, but it seems to come down to picking one of these guys every day. And they're almost the identical price at 7-3 and 7-2. But I think once we get that news, they can be in consideration. So this game is in play for me. You know, it could be a Tatum, uh, you know, versus some of that value from Atlanta or one of the bigs. All right, we go to the other 7.30 game. There's actually four, how many 7.35? Five 7.30 games, unbelievable. Okay, the second one is Orlando Magic at the New York Knicks. Knicks a big half point favorite, so definitely a potential blowout type of situation here. We got two teams uh on an island game so that's a good thing the total's only 209 which is not good when you're talking about um you know 11 and a half point spread you would think it would be just a bit higher but uh that's where we're at so uh implied orlando a a low 98.75 when you get below 100 uh that's not good knicks 110.25 uh which is is actually pretty decent for the knicks um, as far as uh, the game set here, we've got 3-11 and 11 Orlando against the 8-6 Knicks. So Knicks starting to get their lineup together and their record together. Lots of injuries for Orlando, just like all year. Suggs is the, the one that we need to know about. He's questionable. Uh, that makes a difference. Uh, MCW, Fultz, Isaac Moore, all still out. For the Knicks, we know Nerland's Noel is out. So as far as statistically, Orlando's 10th in pace, Knicks 22nd, as expected. A lot of slow down ball, uh, getting the ball to Julius. Offensive efficiency, as I say every day, the young baby teams are all at the bottom. Orlando's 27th. They haven't figured out exactly how to do it yet. Knicks are a pretty tidy 10th, and you've seen that change some things in there. Uh, output this year. Uh, the reason this game has interest to in me, even though it's a big spread and only a 209 total, is the defensive ranking here is not good. Orlando's 27th, and the Knicks we know have played surprisingly you know, not great defense. They're all the way down to 18th. So where do we look at here? We certainly don't want too much exposure. Um, if, if you listen to the show every day, you know Cole Anthony is one of my favorites. He's been phenomenal all year, to Continues to throw up 50 burgers, and I and I like to attack the Knicks' backcourt defense. It's not good, especially if Suggs sits. I'm not afraid to pay up to the 7.9 for Cole Anthony. I, I still think he's 50-burger potential. This game, you know, even if it doesn't stay completely tight, he will get some run, even if it's a 15- or 20-point game. So Cole hugely in play for me here. I think you get a decent price on Wendell Carter at six seven. Mo Bamba seems to be backing up a little bit, so I'm not going to recommend him uh, at six seven. The only concern about Orlando right now is they are starting to use their bench more. They're always used the Human Torch Ross off the bench, but Okiki and Hampton and Gary Harris are now in the mix. So that's why it's important for me if Suggs sits. That just improves Cole Anthony's minutes as that uh, backcourt shuffles and improves uh, his usage as well. Uh, On the Knicks side, you know, you've got the cheap guards. They always try to tease you into 5-1 Kemba, 4-5 Fournier, 4-6 Rose, 4-K Burks, 3-7 quickly. You know what? I don't want any of those guys. They're so frustrating because they rotate them all. None of them seem to get to, you know, pick one will get to value each game and the rest will just uh, not get there. So I think it's best to just avoid it uh, all total. And then as the bigs go, I mean, Barrett's played bad. do Not not interested there. Mitch Robb's going to split with Gibson. So really, and it's been like this for a couple of weeks now. I mean, to me, if you want to roster a Nick, you, you roster Julius Randle, and then you're done with it. That's that's the play at 9-9 nine, nine if, if you want to go there. If this game stays close, you know, you know that Tibbs likes to play his guys longer minutes. He has gotten a, just a smidgen better about that, but that's just because he doesn't know who to play at guard. Uh, so I think Randall's a terrific play. I really do. I think he's he's one of the more solid plays uh, on the card, and he is sub ten barely, but he is. So uh, wouldn't mind, truthfully, you know, laying out the cash here and having a little Cole Anthony Julius Randall battle, but. Need to see how everything comes together because on an eleven-game slate, you know there's a lot of value already, and we know that tons more value is going to open up. So you really can put together not—I don't even call it a stars and scrubs type of lineup anymore. I call it a stars and value. That's that's what we're going for right now. That's the trend. That's what's winning tournaments. That's what's crushing in cash. Is you find your stars, the ones that are going to perform. And get it done, and then you find great value. There's so many players that are getting 30 minutes plus uh, that are cheap, uh, just because of all of the things we mentioned. So it's just scouting them out, and on big slates like this, they're all over the place. So I absolutely love it. All right, another 7:30 game: Cleveland Cavaliers, Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn favored by ten and a half, ten and a half, but they're on the second night of a back-to-back, and we know that game was. Super disappointing for them last night is Steph and company torched the Nets. Uh, but is it going to affect that rotation? We'll see. You know, is Nash going to still play hard and, and Duran a million minutes? Uh, neither one of them had a good game yesterday. So we'll see. I think they could. Uh, Cleveland's on the first night of a back-to-back and they are banged up. So I don't know what's going to happen in this game. It's going to be more of an avoid game for me. You know, that 10 and a half, Brooklyn number with them being pissed off. They're at home. Uh, They get a a Cleveland team that's injured coming in. They could just smack them. Uh, It is double digits in the total in Vegas, only 207. You know, the implied 98.25 for Cleveland and 108.75 for Brooklyn is, is decent. But this, this game is my red alert game that I'm going to try to steer clear from as much as possible. Um, Cleveland comes in at an impressive nine and six, but again, they're hurt. And Brooklyn is 10 and five, even with that tough loss yesterday. Uh, Kevin Love is probable. So all he does is muddy the waters there a bit. But listen to this group that's out. Basically, they're starting four of their five. They're, they're missing Allen, Markinen, Mobley, Sexton. Those are four starters. It's those four in Garland that started most of the year. And then Stevens, a good guy off the bench. So they are just obliterated. It could mean huge usage for the other guys we'll talk about, but we'll see. Uh, For Brooklyn, Claxton and Millsap are both questionable. So if those two guys play, along with Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, all those bigs that are splitting minutes, no thank you at all. Joe Harris and Mr. Irving still remain out. So let's look at the statistical breakdown before we talk about these teams, because there may be a a one-off here that's uh, good. But remember, first night of back-to-back Cleveland, second night for Brooklyn, big spread, dangerous. And here's the problem, too. Cleveland 24th in pace. Would you believe Brooklyn's 27th? I never expected Brooklyn to play that slow, but it really is Harden. He does pound the ball into the ground a lot. And Hart and, you know, trying to iso Durant. I mean, they don't play fast. Uh, offensive efficiency, 22nd for Cleveland. Somehow they're winning just because they play great D. But, you know, I think with these injuries, you're going to see Cleveland possibly lose a half dozen games in a row. I That's what I see coming. Um, and then uh, Brooklyn 12th, which with those veterans, those scores, they should be better than that. And then both teams play good D. That's the big issue here. Ninth for Cleveland, fourth for Brooklyn. Although Golden State, you know, sliced and diced them last night. Um, interesting though. Ricky Rubio and Darius Garland both have to be considered in play because there's so much usage. Um, but this is such a scary game. Rubio's second half uh, yesterday. Or, I mean, two days ago was amazing. I mean, I couldn't believe he went, I think he had 26 real points in the second half. And this is a guy that just, you know, he hasn't done that in 10 years. So, I mean, at 6'5", you still have to consider it, Consider him. It's just crazy. But you, you got to. And then you've got Darius Garland at 6'5", also. So both guards, I think, are reasonable. I think they're worth considering. There's going to be a massive amount of usage and shots. I'm just concerned this game blows out. That's, I just, they're so shorthanded. The starting front court right now for Cleveland looks like it might be Okoro, Wade, and Love. Yikes. And then Jetty and Windler off the bench. Valentine's going to get minutes. You're going to see some taco fall too. He played in the first quarter of the last game. <clears throat> He's certainly going to get minutes. I mean, on an extreme, you know, Flyer, if you want to play Taco Fall at the dead men 3k, I don't think it's the worst play in the world. I really don't. He's gonna get decent minutes, but you just don't know if he's gonna perform. Good GPP play though, for sure. Again, this game can be make or break it kind of game. I just, you know, being more of a cash and single entry player, I just don't want to have it broken uh, in this game. On the the net side, I expect they'll they'll go the same starting lineup as last night with Mills, Harden, Brown, Durant, Griffin. Uh, Brown sort of broke the slate last night. He's only 4K. I have no courage to go back to him. I think that's a trap. I'm not going to do that. Wouldn't recommend it personally. I think, you know, I'm not wanting to pay up the 11-3 or the 11-5 for Harden or, or Durant. Again, if they leave him in. Either one of them could go for 70 fantasy points, but I'm not going to risk it uh, in a game like this. So not really into the Brooklyn side on the second night of a back-to-back. <clears throat> they do actually have a pretty deep bench. They can go down to Bembry, Aldridge, Carter, Johnson. You know, So they have some guys to come in, and so I'm going to be moving on down the road. All right, we got uh, two more 730 games. L.A. Lakers at the Milwaukee Bucks. This was supposed to be this awesome game. We'll see, you know, with the Lakers playing like doo-doo, we'll see how it goes in Milwaukee. But Milwaukee's favored by 7.5. The total's 213.5. Lakers 103, Bucks 110.5, which is a pretty darn good number. Um, we've got, uh, let's see, where are they? They have all these games mixed around. Lakers are 8-7, and seven, so... It's not like, you know, a dead uh, duck like everybody thinks right now. Milwaukee's six and eight. How about that? But again, they've had a million injuries too. Big news here is we have probable tags on Anthony Davis, which we expected, but on Chris Middleton on the other side. So that really uh, creates interest. Out for the Lakers are Ariza, James, Nunn, and Reeves. It looks like LeBron's coming back Friday. And then um, also probable is Hill, who missed the last game. DiVincenzo and Lopez remain out. Statistically speaking, uh, the Lakers, third in pace. Milwaukee, eighth in pace. Very interesting. That's going to get some attention immediately. Offensive efficiency for these two teams that have all these veteran players is bad. Lakers 24th, Milwaukee 18th. So they that's part of these bad records. They're not getting good shots. they're not shooting good percentages. those, those will improve as these teams get healthy. There's no doubt. And defensively nothing to write home about. Lakers down a 13th and they were up at the top one or two, three, you know, most of last season. So uh, not good there and Milwaukee 20th. So that's very surprising for the a Bucks team. Uh, with the interior defense of of Giannis. I think they really miss Lopez and DiVincenzo, to be honest. Those are two good cornerstone defenders. All right, so let's look at this game a bit. You know, you got some big price guys in Westbrook at 11, getting Drew Holiday defense, no thank you. Anthony Davis, 10-9, getting some Giannis defense, not really going to go there either. I think Talon Horton-Tucker, who was Deadman 3 that was a nice little guy to pop in there. They've moved him up to four eight, so that isn't automatic, but he's still a good play at that price. I think he's decent play, but he will get Middleton defense. We don't know how many minutes Middleton's going to get. I would assume they're going to ease him back. I don't think he'll get a full minutes. Uh, so, you know, Tucker at the cheaper price, still in play. He gets a lot of touches and usage when he's in there. Nothing for me off the Lakers bench. Again, you know, you're going to get a bit of Middleton, not enough to own him at the 8K number, but he is going to take away from, you know, what I felt were great plays, you know, in Drew Holiday at 7-3 and Portis at 6-9. Those were easy calls, you know, when Middleton was out. But now with those guys playing and, you know, of course, Giannis makes it tough. Giannis is a crazy 12.5, which maybe he's worth that. I I can't do it though. I'm trying to build, you know. I mean, even if he throws a 65 on the board, I mean, you're still. I mean, you're having to get that. And I still think AD plays great interior defense. I know Bigs have been staying in the Lakers lately. I just can't go to 12.5 with this many great players in there. And he could be the highest scorer on the slate. I, I get that. But, you know, is it going to work out if you have him and one other pay-up guy? Do you have to go to the bottom of the barrel uh, on the last few guys? So, you know, remember, just, you know, everybody thinks, Giannis, I have to have 65. But if, if it the salary makes you play a guy that has 10, then how much further ahead are you? So it's a tough one. Portis, you know, possibly still 6'9 is a little higher than I'd like. And Holiday at 7 3 is as well. So I know this is a good game. The 110.5 implied is solid. I just am having trouble getting to a lot of guys in this game just because of the pricing. I think the game's going to be over owned. Um, you know, you've got a Lakers team that's playing poorly. Could it blow out again? Of course it could. I mean, they got blown out the last game, and, and Milwaukee is a 7.5 point favorite. So probably my contrarian. Uh, spot today is that I'm not going to focus on this game and may uh, possibly have a complete pass on it. And like I said, I think you'll get a lot of ownership there. There are a few spots you can go though, but uh, for me, it's not going to be a key whatsoever. I'm going to be rooting for a low scoring blowout. That's the way it's going to go for me in that game. All right. The last 730 game, finally, all these 730 games, you've got Miami minus eight and a half against the New Orleans Pelicans. Another blowout potential game, but a big fat 220 over under, which is a nice one. 105.75 implied for the Pelicans, 114.25 implied for the Miami Heat. Miami's on the first night of a back to back, and Spolstra doesn't like to blow his guys out. So, this, you know, you have to be a little concerned on the Heat side with some of that. Uh, but they do want to win this game. That's for sure. Um, we've got uh, Pelicans coming in at two and 13. The Heat are nine and five. Zion, we know is out. Bam Adebayo, questionable. Jimmy Butler questionable. The uh, Deadman questionable Garrett questionable Morris and Oladipo out. So, you know, why even talk about this game? If, if we know if we don't know that Bam, Butler, and Deadman are going to play. Uh, we have to get all of that news. I mean, all it would change everything. Uh, you know, the Uristev or whatever, the, the young big man for Miami, if all those guys are out, all of a sudden he's the best value play on the slate. Um, guys like Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Hero, Hero probably be highest owned on the slate if all those guys are out. So we need all of that information. Uh, the Pell's. Stink. So you know, this is going to be an important game to really uh watch the news on. I mean, it's it's all news dependent uh completely on that game. So I'm not gonna waste a ton of time talking, about it. I will give you the numbers. Uh pace 15th and 20th repels and heat. So not anything to jump out of your seat. The young Pels 25th in offensive efficiency, Miami fifth. And then in pace of play, this is a deterrent. Pelicans, I'm sorry, in defense. This, this makes it, you know, want you want to take some, some Miami guys. Pelicans are dead last, 30th. Miami, of course, in the top 10, they're 8th. So, again, we need the news. Uh, not only do we need to know if those guys are in or out, we need to know if there's a minutes restriction being the first night of a back-to-back. I mean, I'm going to have everything open for the Heat tonight and this afternoon news you know from any source i can get from miami all the beat writers any of the streams i'm gonna be watching all kinds of heat stuff because i really do feel this could be the key to the slate if you if we get the news we know what's going on you can plug like two of these heat guys in at least in depending on the situation and they could really bring you home Uh, so stay tuned join us dfscoachtalk.com so you can jump into our, our uh, Discord. We'll follow all this news for you throughout the day. You can get in for, for three days for 10 bucks, And if it's a great day to get in because you get Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You get the Thursday night football game, three great, great days of NBA. You get all of our golf uh, picks for the tournament tonight, for the PGA, for the whole tournament. And then Friday, we put out weekend only. So for 10 bucks, you get all that. If you want to go through the weekend and get all of the Sunday football, you can get five days for 19 bucks. So can't you, you know, it's it's no-brainer. DFSCoachTalk.com. All right, um, let's go to the next game, 8 o'clock game. Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City favored by three. How about that? These are two teams that uh, you can't be super proud of rooting for right now. Uh, 104.25 implied for Houston. 107.75 for your Oklahoma City Thunder. Their records coming into this uh, big affair here, 1-13 and for Houston, ouch. Not bad, 5-8 and for Oklahoma City, considering what they have to work with there. Um, as far as injuries, big news is Kevin Porter Jr., questionable. And that does change a lot of things for that rotation with Houston. Thunder still no injuries, which uh, is expected with younger teams that generally can take a lot more than the older guys, as us older guys know. Um, As far as statistically, Houston has the fastest paced team. So even though they're not winning, they're pushing the ball, which really makes the teams that are playing Oklahoma City, I'm sorry, that are playing Houston, it makes them really in play immediately. Because when you look at Houston at the fastest pace in the 23rd defense. It's like you almost have to take some, some guy at least one or two guys from the other side. Um, Oklahoma City, ninth in pace. So this game's going to have a lot of movement to it. It should be pretty close, and the total's really decent. So this, as bad as these two teams are, this might be a, a key DFS uh, NBA game tonight. Uh, efficiency, Houston, 30th, Oklahoma City, 29th. Again, young teams don't know how to play. Uh, Defensive efficiency, as I mentioned, Houston 23rd, the Thunder 13th. So, you know, this game has some appeal to it. There's no question. If Porter's out, that elevates Green. Uh, You know, we'll get a lot of guys off the bench for them. That's the only problem. I mean, you can look at Wood at down a 7-7. That's the cheapest his price has been. I think he's going to get a ton of ownership and could be a really solid play at that mid-level price now. Um, You know, if Porter is in, he's playable at 5'8". You know, Sean Tate, a little risky at 5'1". And Tice, just, I don't trust him at 4'1". They do bring Zangoon in to get decent minutes at 4K. But you're going to get a lot of guys. Nawaba, House, Junior, Martin, Augustine, you know, Gordon off that bench. Maybe even Amani Brooks a little bit. So, you know... Not ecstatic, but uh definitely wouldn't mind having either Christian Wood or Jalen Green or Porter if Porter doesn't play green for sure. Uh on the other side, I you know, I really think uh you got a couple of options here. You've got Shea at 8-7 in a pace up game like this against a poor defense at home. He's probably a strong play today. And eight seven is fair for him. He does throw some clunkers in there, but uh, I really like – I think this fits him today a lot. After that, you know, everybody wants to go Josh Giddy all the time. I'm not sure there if that's, you know, at 6'2", wise anymore. He's, he's sort of fallen back a bit. And then they're just playing. I mean, Dort, Basley, JRE, Favors, Poku, Williams, Muscala, Trey Mann, Ty Jerome got in the other day. Isaiah Roby got some run. Aaron Wiggins got some runs. So the point is, the Thunder—they know they're not going anywhere. They want to get play for all these guys. You know, when you have a 12-man rotation, it—it it kills you for DFS. So for me, truthfully, and going forward for a while, you know, I'll be tempted with some of these low prices, but it's—it's it's going to be a similar situation as I mentioned with the Knicks. You know, uh, you know, for Knicks, it's—it's it's, you know, you pretty much go uh, stud. There uh, with, uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, who's our next stud? Everybody scream at your computer or your phone or whatever. Say Julius Randall, you dummy. <laughs> but it's it's a similar situation for me with the Thunder. It's uh, Shay or nothing for me on that side. So uh, maybe Shay and Christian Wood or one of the guards. I, I do like this game and I, I'm going to have some uh, some ownership in, and I think it's a good game to have some exposure to. All right, we go to uh, an, another 8 o'clock game, and then we finish with two 10 p.m. games. So three games left. We've got the Sacramento Kings at the Minnesota Timberwolves, Minnesota favored by two, and you've got the highest total on the slate, 223.5. Seldom do you have both teams over 110 on the implied, but you do here. 110.75 Sacramento. for the T Wolves. This will be a popular game and deservedly so. You've got a lot of statistics to back this up as well. Plus, you've got all the key players in Sacramento, no injuries, Um, questionable, Okogi, and Nas Reed, two bench guys for Minnesota. So, you got the key players, you got a, a big over under. You've got a a low spread between the two games. And then you have these stats to back it up. Sacramento's fifth in pace, Minnesota's sixth. So there you go. Huge. Sacramento, believe it or not, eighth in efficiency offensively, Minnesota 26. But that's going to improve. Defensively, nothing to write home about here. 21st for Sacramento, 14th middle of the pack for Minnesota. Minnesota is on the first night of a back-to-back. But they do have some depth, they're young, and they need to win. So I think this game is is definitely deserving of a lot of attention here. Uh, De'Aaron Fox at 8-3 is probably going to get Pat D. so that scares me a bit. Plus, you know, Fox is phenomenal, but not shooting the ball super from outside, so probably going to go elsewhere. Halliburton's coming off his best game of the year at 5-9. But, you know, again, the Fox-Halliburton here, Hilde-Mitchell, when they're all playing just, it's, it, it's tough for me to go to any of them because I, I just see that they're going to, you know, Walton's going to go with the hot hand there and you can totally get screwed uh, by going there. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, Harrison Barnes at seven, two is a fine play, a good mid-level uh, spot. He's been steady all year, you know, a cheap guy that a lot of people are going to race to are is Metu. he's been starting and getting some minutes. He's only, Everybody's going to be looking for value and some uh, salary-wise. So, you know, it's a consideration. I'm not going to run to him, but I think that you can consider him. He still, you know, get splitting minutes with Tristan Thompson and when they go small and Harkless comes in. So, you know, a consideration. Holmes at 6'7", not a bad price. You know, he's going to have his hands full with Cat. So, you know, you can consider him, he is hit or miss, more GPP-ish for me uh, in, in, as far as that goes. Um, on the Minnesota side, you know, you've got some really good options in the guards to me. D'Angelo Russell at 7-3, Anthony Edwards at 8-1. I think, you know, having one of those guys is not the worst thing in the world, that's for sure. Uh, Watch D'Angelo down the stretch that last game. He missed some wide open shots. that could have won that game, so that we'll see how he... Uh, responds to that. Uh, I prefer Edwards, even though he's a little bit more expensive. And then Cat, of course, if you want to pay up there rather than one of the other spots, at 10-4 is not, you know, is certainly in play. Uh, you know, he he had a decent game the last time out. Not sure I'm going to go there. I think Holmes' defense, undersized a bit. Um, and, you know, probably not my top payup, but I certainly, you know, would say consider uh towns because if this game is one of those crazy you know 118 games um you know you could have a, a game you have to have exposure to i will have some uh but not stacking anywhere on this this giant of a slate all right two late games left uh went through a whole box of kleenex for my man uh dirt back here because luke is already out, and I, it's sounding like he may miss like a week or two uh, with that ankle sprain. So that's rough because the Mavericks, of course, their next four games, they have two against the Suns and two against the Clippers. So, yeah, not a great time to not have Luka. This is an interesting game. Uh, you have Phoenix uh, minus 8, 215.5. Dallas a 103.75. Phoenix a 111.75. Implied as far as uh, the records here: Dallas at nine and four, Phoenix at ten and three. Phoenix has won at least, I believe, eight in a row, nine in a row, something stupid that's not fun to run into. But they're playing ball well. They're playing at home. They're definitely more healthy that they have eight and back. Um, for Dallas, we know Doncic and Kleba are out. Kaminsky is questionable for Phoenix, but we don't know as now really the third string big if he's going to get minutes. Anyway, Saric, uh remains out. Statistically speaking in this game, we've got Dallas, the 23rd team in pace. Phoenix is fourth. They are pushing the pace, which, you know, uh, Dallas will try to limit possessions, I believe, with Luka out, try to shorten the game. So that doesn't help from the DFS side. Offensive efficiency sixteenth for for Dallas 9th for Phoenix, and then defensive efficiency seventeenth for Dallas, third for Phoenix. Um, Phoenix favored by eight. I'm scared of this game. I'm telling you, Phoenix may hand it to them. You've got an island game for both teams too. Uh, we will see. Uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about Jalen Brunson. Five seven, running the show, filling in for you, uh, Luca. He's my number one play. Uh, I know everybody else is going to race to KP. Chris Stapps, Porzingis at 7-4, will be one of the higher-owned players on the slate, I think. And at 7-4, it's a decent price. He's been playing well since he came back. The usage goes through the roof uh, without Luka on the floor for Chris Stapps. I just still don't trust him. I mean, Jay Crowder is going to be bullying him all over the court. DeAndre Ayton, you know, they're going to run doubles at him. They're going to make somebody else beat him other than Chris Stapps. You know, they much rather would have Powell or Bullock or Brown or Finney Smith shoot the ball. You know, the only guy that other guy consider on the Mavs is Hardaway Jr. You know, when Luke is out, he does have a tendency to step up, but he's scoring dependent and he's really going to be able, having to knock down a bunch of shots. So, I do have consideration for sure for Brunson being my favorite play on that side at 5'7. Hardaway possibly at 5'3. and I'll probably try to, uh, you know, slough the, the scratch chalk here in Porzingis. On the Phoenix side, you know, does the game stay close enough that Monty doesn't use a lot of bench? That's a little bit scary. I think you can consider Paul at 8-7 and, and uh, Devin Booker at 9, certainly one of the two, but not both. Um, Mikhail Bridges is always an option at 4-8 at that low price. I like Crowder a little bit at 4-5. And then, you know, I don't know about It's at 6-2. I mean, you guys and gals know I always try to target the big against Dallas. And I don't know, Dave, this is only Eaton's second game back after being out for a while. I think Javell gets some minutes behind him. I'm just not going to go there. I don't trust the minutes. I don't trust, you know, the score is going to stay close enough. I would lay the points with Phoenix. I hate to say, sorry, Dirk. Um, but it is what it is. I, I just think that uh, you're going to get a lot of spread out of, of usage from these Suns guys. I would, would go with one of the guards first. Uh, Crowder is a value play and go from there. All right. Game 11. Here we go. Chicago Bulls, Portland Trailblazers. Portland minus two, 220 over under. 109 implied for the Bulls, 111 for Portland. So that, you know, gives some interest here for sure. We've got Chicago coming in at 10 and four. Portland needs this win to get back to 500. They're seven and eight. Uh, we have injured injury news. Caruso probable. Uh, Jeff Green is... Or which green is that? No, that's not Jeff Green. That is uh, Javion Green. You know, the younger green of all those greens. But he is questionable anyway. I'm not going to play him either way. So just don't play green, whatever his first name is. Vuk's out. We know Patrick Williams out for the year. And small amount of news for Portland. (laughs) We've got Dame Lillard and Norman Powell questionable. So again, it's May and night. Save a spot for these late two games. You can easily, if you want to put Lillard in there or not, if he doesn't go, then you've got Chris Paul you can go to. You can go to Booker. You can go to CJ. So good placeholder for a late-night swap here. Uh, Again, stay tuned with us at DFS Coach Talk throughout the the slate because these late games and swaps are going to make the big difference, and we definitely need that news. Because let's say Lillard and Pyle don't play. I don't see how you don't play CJ McCollum. I mean, it's just automatic. So there's, you know, all the different scenarios that can play out here uh, are very important. All right, statistically speaking, Chicago 12th in pace, Portland 14th, solid. Uh, Seventh and fourth in offensive efficiency. Both of these teams know how to score the ball with their veterans. Defensively, Chicago 7th. That's why their record has been so good. Portland all the way down to 25th. So it does give you some interest, a little more interest in these Bulls players. DeRozan's been going just crazy. He's been phenomenal. He's 8-9. You know, I don't know if I want to pay that price for him, but, man, has he been terrific. Since Vuk went down, you know, we didn't know where all the usage was going to go to, but it really has, a lot of it has gone to DeRozan, and some of it for sure has gone to Levine. So I don't, I think you you may need one of these two guys in this game, Levine at 8-5 or DeRozan at 8-9. Ah, uh, this 220 totals big, and this you know we don't know who's in, who's out yet for Portland. So, you know, I may definitely have at least one high price guy on each side here, whether it be uh, DeRozan and McCollum or Lillard. We'll see, and then we just have to see how the nose, the news plays out. Caruso at four three, if he plays, could be decent. Kobe White's back at five seven. Wouldn't touch him for quite some time. Dasun Moo's getting a lot of minutes at the Deadman 3K. I mean, not a lot, but enough that he's worth a look. Uh, Certainly, if you're playing an after hour slate, uh, he might be a good value guy. But uh, probably going to go up to one of the the big price guys on Chicago. And then same thing with Portland. Again, we can't break it down until we know the news. I think McCollum could be a great play. If Powell or Lillard play, also could be terrific play. So Um, this game is, you know, we got to see the news, follow it through, but I think it could be a, a difference maker at the very end of the night. All right, my friends, we have done this. We have done it under an hour again. We're busting tail here to get you the information out early enough, get you full information so you can look at every single game here and just absolutely smash the slate. So appreciate everybody listening in. Um, definitely dfscoachtalk.com. If you're watching on YouTube, thumbs up, subscribe, give us a comment, hit the little bell in the upper corner to let you know when our podcast posts. If you're listening audio-wise, we have a giveaway at the end of every month for a free week of Coach Talk. All you have to do is give us a five stars and a quick comment that qualifies you there. So that is it, my friends, for the entire team here at DFS Coach Talk. Really appreciate all our guys. We have a great team. Um, and for all of them, I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. We'll be back again tomorrow as we look to crush it in NBA DFS.